Joining me now, uh, Representative uh, Blaine Lutkemeyer from Missouri's 3rd District. And on the table, the April job openings report, which we discussed last week, the various measures uh, and by which they calculate where we are as a workforce, and a recent uh, statement from the representative who was also on the small business uh, committee in the House. Uh, so, Representative Lutkemeyer, Great to have you here. Let's dive into this. Uh, American businesses unable to fill jobs uh, just on a small scale. Friends of mine who are employers, workers who show up for a couple of days and then leave without ever coming back, not even a call. Job fairs being held by business owners offering incentives to bring in employees and to retain them. And even for those that are overpaying, paying above the market rates for various positions. Uh, What do you think is the root cause of much of this? Well, David, great to be with you this morning. And I think that's, that's, that's the salient question here is what, what's, what at the base of this, what's the real problem? I think, you know, there, you know, before the pandemic hit, we had 1.2 million more jobs we had employees, but that was due to the creativity and entrepreneurship of our small businesses that were just creating jobs like crazy. We had unemployment down to three and a half percent. Right now, unemployment's I think uh, 5.3% and continues to fall. But we have a situation with this $300 unemployment check that is just devastating small businesses. You know, 40% of the people can stay home and make more money drawing unemployment and this extra check than they can going to work. There's no incentive for them to go to work. It's a disincentive, in fact, to go to work. And you can talk to the small business people. They can say, you know, in fact, NFIB just got a report that came out this last uh, few days here. that shows that 93% of the owners looking to hire reported few or no qualified applications for for positions they were trying to fill this last month. Um, You know, they're out there trying to hire. You you look at the the job openings that continue to increase. Small businesses and, and, and big businesses alike, I guess, are continuing to do what they do best, which is create jobs. But the workers are not incentivized to go to work. They're disincentivized. And so as a result, uh, these jobs are going unfilled. Our economy is stalling out or will stall out down the road here if we don't get all of these, these people back to work because you can't continue to pay people to do nothing on sit on sidelines and expect the economy to grow. That's not a recipe for, for growth. That's a recipe for stagnation. So let's take this and combine both the Biden administration's uh, responsibility, that's how I see it, in paying people to stay home with states that have been more responsible, uh, like the state of Florida and other states that have begun to demand either you provide multiple examples of job search, not just staying home to collect a check. You know, how, how do we not only balance this, but change it, really balance it and swing the pendulum back to stop paying people to stay at home? Well, I think you hit on two things there. Right now, uh, as, as, as I recall here, I think there's 25 states that have said, you know what, uh, we're, we're going to stop the $300 check. We're not going to participate in the program. And I think that's where you start. Here in Missouri, uh, our governor uh, about three weeks ago said as of, uh, I think, this morning, June the 14th, uh, we are no longer going to allow that $300 check to be paid out. Um, and we're going to get people back to work. I think that's how you start. Um, this is nonsense what they're doing. I think 
you know, um, the second thing is trying to find a way to incentivize people to work. You know, we the, the bonuses, the, uh, you know, uh, free, all these other things around how you can incentivize people to come in, take out an application. You know, I have a son-in-law that works for a, a large company uh, close by here. And, you know, they had a whole bunch of applications the other day for uh, some job openings. But at the end of the day, they wound up with, uh, I think only a handful of applications that could even pass a drug test, and then the next morning, none of them showed up for work. Um, they're not serious about going to work. Uh, we really, um, you know, in here in Missouri, we've got four jobs for every single person that's unemployed. <laughs> I mean, there is so much work out there and so few people to fill those jobs. that. Uh, and, and this is, as, as you well know, David, this is going to cause the price of, of wages to go up, the cost of wages is going to go up to your employer. And I saw... Last week, McDonald's was saying that, hey, look, when it gets over $15 an hour, I said, well, that's when we start looking at automation. So I think uh, this whole situation, if we don't fix it, is going to cause a, a, a shift in the way that employers, number one, hire employees, and number two, how they have, that, have their business model structured with employees versus and or uh, automation to their, with their operations. So um, if we automate too much, suddenly we don't even have the opportunity to have jobs out there for our people. But uh, by the same token, um, there's going to, have to be somebody to do some of the other work that, that that creates. But I think we're we're really in a, in a in a transitional period here. That if we if we don't get this under control and get people back to work, um, the employers are going to take you know the, they're, they're they're going to want to get their business up and running, and they're going to figure out a way to do that with or without the employees. You know, some of them are being pretty creative by you know only working five days a week instead of seven days a week. Uh, some of your restaurants, for instance. Um, some of the restricted hours. Uh, we've got a quick shop here in my little, little town that uh, they only work uh, uh, two or three days a week. They only work half days. We don't have enough people to work the, the shifts. So uh, there's, <laughs> there's going to be some some uh, some changes to the business models and the way people uh, do things until we get these people back to work. Yeah, you know, in reality, as an employer, you have to right size your business to the circumstance. Whether it's a restaurant that has fewer hours. Fewer employees, you know, you're balancing that. You've got construction and labor, manufacturing. You may have to, you know, bring your manu- your manufacturing operation down. But, you know, this all plays into another part of our economy that's not getting enough intention or is a part of it, rather. And that is the inflation, the possibility of inflation. And in recent conversations with some large employers, friends of mine with a thousand employees or more, uh, they're concerned about what happens if that leads to stagflation. Look, my friend pays over the market in one example, always has, not related to COVID, not related to this. Within his company, he pays better. They make sure their employees are treated well. He's having trouble hiring. He can only go so far to increase wages. And at a certain point, he has to stop and begin to you know, right size based on the circumstance if you can't find more employees. When inflation kicks in, base prices go up, consumer prices, we have a 5% increase, I believe, in the la- in one of the latest reports uh, of costs, consumer costs, and energy in other areas go up. What does this mean for the workforce? Well, I think I think we, you know, we, we've mentioned already that we, by by the employers having to change their business model, there's a limit to how much uh, they can charge, you know, the cost they can pass on to their the consumer or the person that they're selling their goods and services to. 
so they're going to have to make a decision at some point about changing the business model, uh, doing more automation, uh, changing the way their employees are paid. Um, uh, and, and, you know, some some people, you know, I know some construction folks and friends of mine that, you know, they could go out here and build houses like crazy right now, but they just don't have the employees to do it. So they're just backing off. I mean, there's a limit to what you can do. I mean, if you can't hire the people to get the work done, it just doesn't get done. Uh, inflation is a huge part of the problem here from the standpoint that the, the cost to operate the business continue to go up and there's a limit to how much of that can be passed on to the consumer uh, before you know things things change. Uh, there's some obviously the consumer has to purchase certain goods and services to exist to do their you know consider uh, live their lives whether it's gas or food or whatever. But uh, and, and energy costs, uh, costs quite frankly, are I think one of the biggest things driving this this inflation thing. I mean, it, you stop and think about uh, you know just gasoline at the pumps up uh, about fifty percent since the beginning of the year, and that's a ripple effect through the entire economy when you have to truck your goods to the to the manufacturer then uh, to get manufactured then you truck that good to the, the distribution center and then you truck it from the distribution center to the endpoint when well, suddenly all that extra cost on there is is has a tremendous inflationary effect on things and so the consumers even though uh higher wages are are occurring as a result of uh the, the scarcity of workers they're, n- they're not really left with anything extra in their paycheck and if the biden tax cuts or tax increases go through um, holy smokes, we're going to come up with even less. So uh, it, we're, we're in a very tenuous situation here, I think, from the standpoint that, you know, if the administration gets the tax increases that they want and we continue to have this worker problem, I think there's a very good chance that we could stall out uh, what could be a really you know, enormous economic recovery here. If you think about what was going on prior to the pandemic, our economy was going gangbusters, uh, you know, across all demographic groups, Wages and, and, and benefits for workers was up. Uh, everybody was benefiting from what was going on. And now you see the potential of these tax increases stalling out some of the activity that was going on. Investing is, is stalling out. People are looking to take money overseas again versus leave it here. Uh, so if the, if the administration gets what they want, which is higher taxes, um, and those taxes, by the way, are going to be on everybody. That's $400,000. Uh, stuff is nonsense. It's not going to, it's going to be on every single person. All you have to do is look at what the tax cut program was for Trump and realize that everybody on the low and moderate income folks got those tax cuts. If he rescinds those tax cuts, guess what? That's a tax increase on all those folks. So all of that is, I think, causing inflationary pressure. I think you look at the concerns for all the taxes, regulations, and then the, the worker problems. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster when you have energy prices uh, wrapped into that as well. So I think, you know, we're, we're in some difficult times, and the, this administration is, is cooking up a stew that is not going to work very well. It's gonna, it's gonna, the pot's going to boil over, and we're going to have some problems here. My guest, Representative Blaine Lutkemeyer from Missouri's 3rd District, on the table, you, America, the workforce. How much do you... How do you assess, let me put it this way, how do you assess the fact that right now we have printed an additional 10% or so uh, in this country? You know, if we're just printing money, what effect does that have on the economy? Well, David, I'm sure you you know as well as I do, that uh, has an inflationary effect on it. I think Initially, when the pandemic hit, we had an economy that we had to try and save. And, you know, I always equate that to a situation where if you're a worker 
and you break your leg, can't go to work for six weeks until you get healed up, uh, what do you do? You go find uh, someplace to get a small loan to tide you over, pay your bills for a period of time, get back on your feet, you go make your, you go back to work, and you make your money, and you'll be able to pay your debt down. Well, that's fine. That's what we as an economy should have done. We had a, a difficult stretch there. We needed to figure out how to get us through that, which we did. The problem is now we have administration that doesn't want to go back and pay, and we never had had any administration, quite frankly. Then we go back and pay their debts down like we should once you have an extraordinary situation like we did have. And instead, they want to keep spending money. Um, this is this is this is unbelievable. The kind of money they're talking about. Uh, even the CBO said uh, that you know uh, this last package was not necessary. We're going to have a five percent increase in the GDP if we just leave it alone. But instead, they threw another uh, 1.9 trillion dollars at it. They've got more. You know, another roughly another four trillion dollars planned. Um, this is this is this is crazy. There's no no economist out there. Even Larry Summers, who is uh, Obama's uh, economist, says this is an inflationary situation. It's going to be exacerbated if you keep throwing money at it. And so even even though the folks on the left, other than Paul Krugman, who is a Keynesian economist and slash almost socialist with the way he does things and thinks about things. Uh, they all understand that this is this this money is that's flowing out here is going to have an inflationary effect if it doesn't stop, and the need for it has 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 really been taken off the table with the fact that we've got almost everybody vaccinated or else have had the COVID. Uh, everybody's back to work, back to school. Uh, we can we don't it's not necessary anymore. Uh, we can we can allow the entrepreneurship and the industriousness of our people to go back and go back to work and, and fire up our economy again, just like it did prior to the pandemic. But we, but the, the socialists in charge right now don't believe in the American people. They believe in the goodness and greatness of government. And as a result, they think they got to keep throwing more money at it, which is exacerbates the situation. And, and inflation is going to rage here if we're not careful. Well, they certainly don't act like it in the Biden administration when it comes to GDP uh, they don't act as if valuation matters in that because you can have a percentage growth, but the value of that growth matters. Uh, two minutes uh, left in this uh, segment, Representative Lutkemeyer. Uh, on that valuation, do you see anything from this administration that says that they're paying attention to the value of the dollar, not just citing a percentage? No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think they understand what you just said, David. I don't think that they understand the the importance of uh, providing a sound dollar, a sound economy, and and then and the correlation between the two. You know, we're we're in a situation where, you know, if we're not careful, you know, the Fed is trying to keep interest rates low, but if we go through an inflationary stage here and we stagnate our economy, and suddenly our economy doesn't look like the place people want to invest money. And the investors can invest more money overseas, for instance, with China, and get a better rate of return. Suddenly now the money flows out and we have nobody picking up our, our, our debt. And what do we have to do? We have to raise rates. Well, if we raise rates to compete with other people around the world, it's going to blow a hole in our, our, our even bigger hole in our budget. You know, the Biden administration has got $1.8 trillion, $1.8 trillion hole in their present budget right now that we proposed just a couple weeks ago. Um, this, this is, these numbers just absolutely blow people away and, and, and it's, it's almost incom, in, incomprehensible to, to them not to be able to see the problem. And by, by not seeing it, uh, they're just allowing it to continue, exacerbate. And it really, you really wonder what the real 
reason for all this is if, if they're as smart as they think they are and you have people around them that are, are doing these things, why are we trying to drive our economy over a cliff? Why are we trying to hurt small businesses that drive our economy? Why are we trying to hurt our consumers and our, and our citizens of this country? I think that's all good questions. All very good questions with not good answers at all. Representative Blaine Lutkemeyer uh, from uh, Missouri's 3rd District and also uh, a member of uh, one of the most important committees, certainly today, when you think about the oversight responsibility and the responsibilities of the Small Business Committee. Uh, we, we certainly need the Republican principles back in charge there rather than the Keynesian left. Thank you, sir. Thank you, David. Great to be with you this morning. Take care. Uh, Next up, Representative Ralph Norman on the border. This plays into it. Oversupply of labor in some areas, promises being made, numbers on the border, a little less than a million have crossed so far this year. A little less than a million. It's June 14th. What does this mean beyond the state of the economy? But the cost in resources and the cost that that has on your communities. So while Kamala Harris laughs off the crisis, you can't. Representative Ralph Norman, South Carolina 5, next. 